Hey everybody, you're listening to Big Shiny Takes. My name is Eric Wickham, one of your co-hosts and also your HR associate for the Big Shiny Takes Institute. Just here to give a little notice. Got to do some housekeeping before this show starts. Uh, Marino, unfortunately, was creating a toxic work environment and we unfortunately had to let our dear friend Marino go. Uh, we wish him all the best in his future endeavors. Uh, I'm sure he's got big, big things ahead of him. I'm joined, as always, by my friend and colleague, What's Jeremy Powell. Jeremy how are you doing? You like that? You like <laughs> things that are so good. Uh, very high energy. And also, not to replace Marino uh, immediately, um, but we've replaced Marino immediately with Scott Schmidt from The Forgotten Corner. Scott, welcome. Thank you very much for having me on the show. I have to uh, tender my resignation immediately upon hearing Jeremy say what's up. So <laughs> thanks for having me. It's been a great yeah. two minutes. Honestly, maybe the greatest stint in Big Shiny Takes history. Yeah, a legend, legendary yeah. run. See, this, that, that was immediate. By the way, that was immediate proof that the Forgotten Corner has the better Jeremy. That was like my favorite fake feud of all time, Jeremy versus Jeremy. What do you mean? That um, feud was real. Jeremy won in a landslide. It was a real feud. You don't think he's been battling a battle within himself? <laughs> Thank you for having me on your show, you guys. We're happy you came back. I mean, it's been it's been quite some time. We haven't seen you since uh, we were reading um, Moment of Truth columns about Wexit, correct? Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Back when we thought the pandemic might end sometime. <laughs> it's I remember. Eight years ago. Yeah. Oh, those good times. <laughs> You're not on video, are you? Because I've aged a lot in two years. Jeremy's handsome. I as long like whenever he's got the beard, I'm pretty. I get pretty enamored by him. And, Thank you. Like, and then he shaves it off, and it just hurts my feelings. So I'm happy to see it <laughs> nice and thick right now. I don't think he's actually here. Like, do you feel like he's? No, crazy? I'm here. I've never met anybody that's able to hold like still face better than Jeremy. Also, like a good reporter thing to have. Like, I I always found that during my interviews, I always had to like practice keeping my face still because i would laugh at answers when i thought they were dumb and that's like unprofessional apparently i have a like i hit mute on my phone when people start saying stupid shit and now like i don't even i don't know how my new phone works so like whenever i hit the mute on my newer iphone it makes like a beeping sound that i'm pretty sure the fucking person i'm hearing can or talking to can hear (laughs) So if anybody knows how to fix that, just DM me that shit on Twitter because um, I feel like people can tell that I'm like. Yeah, someone say now. Scott is the uh, the grandfather of our show. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. It's interesting to me because I've been to Medicine Hat like one time, but you guys have this this history at the Medicine Hat News, and I always you know forget about that because I'm. A selfish person and i only think about me and and things that affect me uh but but like I, it's been like what a year since jeremy has been gone now two two years yeah no but you left the newspaper in like april of 2020 like it's been two years since you guys no. got temporarily air quotes laid off you think I could get my job back? Uh, yeah. Right a lot of, it sucks. It sucks. It's busy there now. So like there's nobody works there. So 
we all have to do a daily paper. And so it's fucked everything up. Like we don't really have the same momentum. Like we really like Jeremy and I were building momentum and I can barely get a column out on a weekly basis. Like it's fucking, I do it on my own time. So in order, like I have my full-time job and then I have a family. And then like, sometimes I like, can like, hopefully squeeze in a column dude you should uh take that column uh summer that'll pay for it well i mean if anybody wanted to pay me for it i could probably write it more often but yeah like it's it's it becomes a secondary thing and you roll around a thursday and you know you got to have her done by friday Mm -hmm. you start getting tired it's a long week man and like it sucks there right now so yeah I, i miss jeremy and mo and like yeah that I didn't sucks. know Mo was gone. Ah, uh, it sucks. Um, shout out to Mo Cranker, brother shout of Joe. Right. Yeah, yeah. He makes better money now. He works at tourism, so he'll he's be fine. Fucking buying yeah. homes and shit. Real grown man. So, so you guys know you guys know the Stephen Carter guy. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard of him. You know, I, like I'm upset that you actually got to do something to get blocked. By the way, Jeremy, I want to say that because like. This is my third time. I've been the, he blocked me and unblocked me twice. He blocked me and I don't even know what I did. Like I wanted like not that it's like curiosity. Like mm. just like what was it? I don't really even it may be a block by association. <laughs> it might have been actually. But he doesn't block he hasn't blocked the podcast, which he probably will now, but he hasn't blocked the podcast. So like whenever I see somebody dunking on him, I yeah, I think I, I immediately account. followed him from the big shiny takes account. If you're listening, Steve, um, <laughs> you suck. You suck. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, seriously. Like I like, that guy's not like, a good dude. He's a, he's a selfish, like smug fuck. His friends were mad at me for writing this piece on the top five Carter scandals because I merely put together all these stories that have already been written about um, his scandals in one place. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were mad that I made their friend uh, look how he actually looks to normal people and run of the Fuck them. Story. I don't even know who they are, but fuck them. A bunch, of, a bunch of people with Ukraine flags in their names, which is funny because if you read the piece, you would know that uh, Stephen Carter... That he made fun of a his Ukrainian Canadian accent. <laughs> why, why does he hate Ukraine? Why does Stephen Carter hate Ukrainian? Why does Stephen Carter hate Ukraine? Mm-hmm. Let's ask him that. Yeah, why does he hate the Dalai Lama? Well, that too. That was woo. <laughs> that one was great. That that had to be my number one. But anyway, this guy last week got a six figure payout for three months of work at the mayor's office. After well, sorry, he didn't get the payout last week because he was fired a couple months ago. So he got this payout was reported on last week, worked for the mayor mm-hmm. for three months, uh, got fired. Um, it hasn't been a fit like Gondek won't talk about it at all. Um, mm-hmm. But it was right after a story from front of the show. Tom Ross came out uh, about how um, Stephen Carter was just too good at his job. Right. He accomplished everything he <laughs> sought out to for four years in three months so wait who said he was too good at his job no no uh story by tom ross that uh detailed yeah no but like tom ross no it's a joke scott 
He, I think Jeremy's paraphrasing. Okay. No, no. Uh, basically, he was bullying uh, people at City Hall who deserved to be bullied, but uh, nonetheless uh, was being an abusive prick, which is consistent with everything uh, we know about him. Well, like, you know, he only had three months to make a mark on that mayor's office. And, I mean, judging by Tom's story, Stephen really, really had a memorable experience there. Like, you know, talks about, you know, a completely toxic workplace, um, bullying, harassment, all those, all those good things that you look for. Speaking of people that deserve to be bullied and harassed, I'm pretty pumped to talk about seniors today. Oh, yeah. Speaking <laughs> of uh, senior Honestly, like this, this column that we're going to read is shocking. Like I should preface all of this with, I think, you know, bullying elders is um, a good thing. I think we should good all do decent. it. decent, yeah. Because <laughs> I think, I think, honestly, they've had it too good for too long. It's about time that someone, uh, someone kicked them in the back. Um, it is about time someone stood up to the seniors' lobby. It's going to be pretty hard for me to uh, like form a proper opinion about a column when I actually believe people should die at sixty-five. Like, and not, and not because I think the individual does not deserve to live. That's the problem here: is the individual absolutely has the right to live as long as they can live. But like, people suck at change, and like, the older you get, the more like dead set against change, and like mm-hmm. the way that our society works progression needs to happen in a much faster pace in order for us to sort of avoid all of the toxicities and the, like the terrible things that we've done to the planet and stuff and i mm-hmm. kind of came to the conclusion like several years ago that like fuck man what if we need to do like a logan's run but like 65 year olds just like <laughs> send them off like it's you know whatever like <laughs> Send them off into a field and like they just like all of a sudden just like lift up into the sky and disintegrate. And you just tell them like, hey, man, if you're righteous, you'll be reborn. You're fine. Yeah. Yeah. We we just need an apocalypse. Anyways, I came to Big Shiny Takes to be officially canceled. Yeah. We're cancel proof. Unless Stephen Carter's listening and uh, we think you're amazing and, uh, you know, keep on, you know, from one from from one podcaster to another um i just wanted to let you know that um i think you did a great job at city hall and um deserve uh six figures for i I would like i actually would like to get paid six figures for three months of uh going to the offices of right-wing city councillors and screaming at them um so you know oh that sounds like great like so what that's all we have to do yeah um (laughs) that's what chief of staff does right yeah to give a little bit more context for this column um it's written by the globe and mail editorial board which honestly is such a good sign that the piece is going to be dog shit when someone doesn't want to put their name attached to it yeah let's uh also can we just quickly before we get into it because editorial board is a fucking like a thing that makes it seem like uh reporters and whatnot and people like uh, are involved like i'm on the editorial board for our are you actually yeah and the editorial board consists of literally zero reporters right as it should like really like i'm the only non-management on the editorial board in the whole company so 
just to clarify for people, like when they wonder, like this is the kind of the editorial board is sort of the way to uh, slide shit in from the top sometimes. So, um, you never know who writes these things because yeah. it's it's the people whose names should appear in the paper that get shit yeah. for stuff like this. And it probably yeah, it's like reveal bad. yourself, coward. Like this isn't the, like like the physical newspaper where you have one unsigned editorial and then you're columnist. Like that's that's old news. That's nothing anymore. Just uh, like I want to know who wrote this. I bet you it was uh, it was it was probably Ibbotson or Yakubuski. I it could have come from higher up as well, right? This has like really dumb rich energy to it this is a fiscal hawk column that is trying to take like 20k away from seniors between the ages of 65 and 67 right like and it also shows what bullshit this socially liberal but fiscally conservative narrative is right because this right here i mean it just it just shows you that um, by being fiscally conservative, you're also being socially conservative by like choking old people um, who, um, you know, have to retire later um, and then get thrown into like a for-profit long-term care home where they're just treated like absolute shit till they die covered in, you know, all sorts of secretions. Wish you didn't say secretions there. Wait, is that uh, a, like, wrong use like, of secretions? No, it was the the correct word is just the secret word of the day, and so now we have to give it a prize. Like if you read this thing, you could read this thing in two different ways, right? You could read this column in a like progressive, like oh my god, this is how we're going to treat people way. But you could read like if you read it as a devil's advocate too, like there are going to be places in here where there is like conversations to be had regarding the fact that there's like a zillion boomers and uh they don't a lot of them uh have lots more money and property than we'll ever have and they don't really like change (laughs) so it's like there are times in this where i'm kind of like i don't want to say i'm torn like obviously i don't like this stuff um anyway that's uh yeah i think the only you know the only caveat I'd have to that is I feel like the boomers that will be relying on the supports that the Globe editorial staff is trying to cut are not the ones that we should be as mad at. Well, that's the part where that's when we get to that. That's kind of what I want to talk about is the okay. fact that like you they're making it about age, which is pretty blanket where I mean, if you want to have those conversations and say like somebody that's like worth six million bucks doesn't need fucking security like social security or whatever then i mean i can have that conversation yeah let's have it right now we should jump into it because i feel like there's a lot to talk about in this uh this fucking nonsense article uh column uh scott we usually let the guests read you've been on the show you know that already um yes would, yeah would you like to read this uh shitty column all right okay so first of all uh it's headlined Wonderful headline that gets you really excited about what you're about to read. But uh, sorry, Grandma, we're cutting your benefits uh, in quotes. <laughs> um, no politician will ever say that, but maybe they should. <laughs> By the editorial board of the Globe and Mail. 
as a headline writer, like you really want to like you want to dig in the read, you want to get that reader excited, and they're like, mm, I've always wanted to fucking like push my grandma into a bush, so like obviously I'm excited about how we can rip her off. Anyway. Yeah. Well, I I do feel like I mean not to infer too much from this headline. I don't think there are a lot of uh, beloved grandchildren on the editorial board of the Globe and Mail. I'm guessing that there are most of their grandmothers are pretty fucking dead. <laughs> well, now. <laughs> well, this up, but that's my point. Like, yeah. you know, like I don't, I don't think my dad's gonna listen to this episode, so I'll say it. But like, he's in his seventies, so I could easily see him being like, "Yeah, fuck sixty-five-year-olds." <laughs> <laughs> it exists. Yeah, it does. All right. A new round of data from the 2021 census details what has long been known. Canada, you're getting old. Mm. Mm. Well, ca- <laughs> well, Canada is younger than group of seven countries such as Germany and France, but older than the United States and Britain. The number of Canadians aged 65 and over is steadily surging. In 2001, there were 7 million, 19% of the population, up from 16.9% five years earlier. And the 65 and older cohort is poised to get much larger. There are 5.2 million people aged 55 to 64, and this soon-to-retire group outnumbers those entering the workforce by a million. The gap (laughs) is the biggest ever and a reversal of generations past. So... Can like the Canadian population is getting older. That's crazy. Okay, first of all, though, like we have known, like the part where he says, like we've known this was coming, we have known it was coming for seventy fucking years. Like that's so being in a position now where it's about nickel and diming people over a year <laughs> or two is a is a complete and utter display of the failures of since since the war ended and baby boomers started to exist yeah it's wonderful like now that we're standing um right at i mean the start of this this real wave of people requiring retirement accommodations going like man we should have done something about this (laughs) yeah and more than that it's how do we stop accommodating these people like that which is like kind of like I I don't want to be hyperbolic that that is just a very ghoulish conversation to have when there's so many more substantial things that we can do to improve people's conditions. Right. Well, and like, again, like there is something there's there's jokes in here with the OK Boomer crowd. Where it's like we have to look at them and be like, OK, boomers, uh, we can't afford all of you, <laughs> you know. The world you are so fucking uh, like adamant that we have, well, now we have it, and we can't afford you. It's there's something funny about that, but it, the problem, of course, like jokes aside, is that it's these things never attack the senior who's worth two million dollars or 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 whatever it is. Like that, this isn't going isn't and didn't make a difference to like my father-in-law's life for example a alberta rancher who's doing quite well and mm-hmm. great guy but doing very very well he's not the kind of person that 
these kinds of policies and these kinds of, of cutbacks and, and thinking ever hurt. It's always the people that fucking need it. And so know that whenever like listeners are listening to me sitting here on a night after work drinking wine, as I joke about boomers, obviously I know that it's, you know, the people that should get hurt <laughs> in this shit never get yeah yeah there will be no accountability through this and i i think that is that is sort of the big takeaway on that specific point is that there's no comeuppance that can come from taking away benefits no it just and like it just starts it gets worse from there yeah what was it like uh what was boys and cool's fucking tweet last week or whatever saying like he called trudeau's government moving it from 67 back to 65 because the harper government moved it from 65 to 67 in the first place he called it like i can't remember the exact words but it was basically like the single stupidest thing that that government has done in its existence (laughs) and it's like you want to talk about people that are hyperbolic and should fucking like rein it in a little bit like slow down ken well anyway it's like this this happened what like a couple weeks after the government spent 30 billion dollars on a bunch of planes that can't fly when it's raining um well yeah yeah and not to mention that it's like the 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 fact that canadians are getting older on a whole suggests that maybe we should uh lower the age to be eligible for a pension rather than increase it just because oh well well uh people are living longer um so you don't get the money you've worked for it's also it's also like for people that want the world to grow into the like this expansion into the the impossible expansion of into infinity like it's a bubble in that like this isn't like this is going to keep Canada's just going to keep getting older until all of us, every Canadian is 96. <laughs> like we, we got to get through the baby boomers and then it's going to be super fucking young again. Cause nobody had kids. You know what I mean? Like, it's <laughs> like a, we don't have these humongous generations that make up the population anymore. Like, guess what? When baby boomers were kids, they were the biggest fucking dem- generation. They were biggest demographic. And when they were adults, they were the biggest demographic. And now that they're old, they're the biggest demographic. It's like not exactly rocket science to figure out. It's just a bubble. So why do we need to worry about this even in the first place? Well, there's an opportunity to deny poor people um, any sort of support. So we oh, got we got to right. talk about poor it. Poor people. Right? Yeah. Right. All right. Do you want to jump back into it? Yes. So the sheer size of the wave of aging baby boomers, baby baby boomers, has an outsized effect, including on federal spending for old age security and guaranteed income supplement. Ottawa's outlook for its future program expenses for its future program expenses is helpfully buried buried away on page 252 of the most recent federal budget. 
elderly benefits at $68.2 billion is the largest line item among transfers to people in government. Again, that goes back to my bubble comment. Of course, mm-hmm. what the fuck is. In four years, the figure is expected to be $87.2 billion. Then and now, elderly benefits cost more than the Canadian health transfer and equalization combined. I don't even know what that's relevant. I guess it's like just trying to build up the idea that these costs are insurmountable, right? Like, yeah, exactly. It's just, oh, this is a lot of money. And it's like, well, you know, it's even more money. Uh, the fucking shitty fighter jets we uh, have agreed to purchase. Uh, makes me so mad because the editorial board would never write that column. Like, why are we buying planes for a war that we wouldn't win? Um, because, I mean, then they get called traitors to this country. It is, uh, but I mean, selling grandma up the river seems totally, totally acceptable. Well, and to phrase it like that, it's like, what are you, you're not even hiding it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very mask off. And it's like, oh, they don't give a shit about people. That's weird. Yeah. Like, just fuck old people all together. Like, fuck them. <laughs> yeah, just... Like, not not like rich old people or like... Like, the political spectrum in, in, in discourse is so constantly shifting towards the right that I feel like in 10 years, they're going to be like, this is why we need to execute senior citizens and uh, harvest their organs for fuel. I mean, I did suggest that at the beginning of the show. I just wanted to be on record saying I said it first. Horseshoe theory in action. Hey, like, listen. (laughs) Solving problems. (laughs) Solving problems. I mean, I'm dead before 65 for sure. I'm never going to see any of these benefits. (laughs) Oh, my God. I mean, well, we got like three years before super COVID gets us all. So, well, this is another thing, like. We're talking about some pretty moot shit over here. The rapid increase accounts for the bulk of Ottawa's additional spending in coming years ahead of health care, child care, housing, or climate. Okay, well, we should spend more on all of that shit, by the way. Yeah, wait, you mean to tell me that it's expensive to uh, ensure our seniors live out the rest of their lives in dignity? Like, that's crazy. Maybe we should pay for it and tax like shitheads who write for the Globe and Mail editorial board. Yeah. But what if we also never compared, like, what if we also just paid for healthcare, childcare, housing, and climate too, and just didn't sit around going like, you guys want to add this shit up? Yeah. (laughs) Fucking cares. (laughs) It's It's an arbitrary thing. I cannot get over the fact that the solution that the board ends up at is like, hey, let's decide which old people can go, you know, rather than, Hey, why don't we invest in a robust seniors house, like publicly owned seniors housing that is cheap and good and will not decline anybody's quality of life. Also like who's going to make which, which corporation is going to, or industry is going to benefit the most from a 65 to 67. Cause it's, it always comes down to, which like somebody's about to make money off of this decision. Like, right. Like there's gotta be some extra pre, you know, whatever, like people, old people between 65 and 67 are going to have to cover more of their stuff. And certain people are going to make more money in that time. There's gotta be a link to that insurance or, 
or something along those lines? Like, what do you, what do you? Well, yeah. Like I'm just saying like anytime decisions like this are made, there's a lot of talk from people about, Oh, they hate poor people. And like, yeah, they do. You know what I mean? But also they love making decisions that make money for people. Mm -hmm. And I just think that behind every decision, whether it's ruin the environment or fuck seniors, apparently there's gotta be a profitable reason to it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And people between the ages of 65 and 67 are going to need to cover things, I guess with their own money or credit or estates or whatever. I just, it never fails, right? There's always something behind everything that these fucks do that is like, how can we make money off of it? It's not just like fuck old people, even mm-hmm. if there is the whole fuck old people thing. So I just think like if you follow the money, you'll find out why these decisions get made. They don't give a fuck about our debt like or like how much billions it costs. I mean, they really don't. That's like, I fucking hate that. That's why it's the fucking worst when like liberals and new Democrats who are liberals as well um, troll the conservatives are like, actually, John Chrétien uh, balanced the budget. Stephen Harper never did. And it's like, do you know what John Chrétien had to do? Whoopity like, shit. Do, yeah. do you know the fucking, the, the, the costs that we've incurred as a result of that as a society? I mean, you know, it, it's just easy. Yeah, oh, he, like, it's all the conservatives. It's all the conservatives. And- yeah, well, John Chrétien cut public housing for like an entire decade. And Housing's doing fine it's doing great. in Canada, Everyone right? Like a it's a, it's everything's good. You don't own your yeah, home? yeah. In Toronto, in downtown, <laughs> I Toronto. got two. Well, no, it's actually a good thing that Pierre Polyev is uh, coming in there to you know shake things up. The uh, you know Ottawa establishment, and uh, he's gonna he's gonna make homes affordable. You know how he's gonna make homes affordable gonna crash the market by mistake well yes but he's gonna um he says print less money and build more homes and then he's gonna invest in finally and uh yeah it's gonna be great it's gonna be great our seniors are have nothing to worry about anytime we're talking about money just makes my fucking head hurt these days at that level None of this money matters at all. At all. No. We fucking sit around whining about like, oh, well, we could. That's why I say like when people, you know, today they had the. It came out that they're going to stop covering insulin pumps for everyone in Alberta because like, fuck diabetics. I mean, dude, you're fine. So um, like some people will get them, but, you know, some people won't. So fuck them. And uh they're going to save uh, 9 million bucks. This is so that they can save $9 million, which is like a statistical anomaly in the grand scheme of a budget or whatever. And it's like, for what? Well, again, there's going to be, you know, somebody's making money off this shit. Yeah. I love these people. Yeah. It's well, like if anything, they're, they're remarkably consistent. Uh, it's so depressing. <laughs> can we go back into this one? Yeah. So, um, 
in 2016, the Trudeau Liberals enriched the GIS, which, because I haven't read that in a while, is um, Guaranteed Income Supplement. Yes. And that was a good idea. Guaranteed Income Supplement goes only to poor seniors, making it a great way to reduce poverty among the elderly, something that used to be widespread. Oh, why was it in widespread? 1970- That's crazy. How did it stop being widespread, Global Mail Editorial Board? <laughs> They're going to tell us in the next sentence, right? In the 1970s, seniors were more than twice as likely to live in poverty as the average Canadian. By 2020, just 3.1% of seniors were low income, according to Statistics Canada. Half the Canadian average. So wait, they reduced poverty through like social services and benefits to seniors. And so now that poverty is reduced, they're like, we can't. <laughs> we got no, no point in having over. these benefits. As we said earlier, everyone can't afford houses. Pierre Polyev is going to be prime minister. He's going to be great. I understand that to a degree, like not their point, but I that, that half happened to me once. I like went, had a job like back in the restaurant business. I got a job, <laughs> job where they were like so fucked they needed me to come in and fix the restaurant. And they were like, hey, how much money do you want? And I was like, give me this much. And they were like, done. And then like everything got good. Like we made it better. Like the restaurant was doing better. And they were like, we don't want to pay you all that anymore. <laughs> so they made me, they made me leave. They bought me out. They were like we pay you too much. It's too like we don't need you anymore because everything works. We fixed the restaurant. Like, yeah, that's how that's how the world works. So, anyways, I don't know if it stayed well or good or whatever, but if something's working, you know, you you don't need it anymore. Exactly. Why pay for it when it's already happening? It's already done. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! Fucking baby uh, brains running this country. So, but as the liberals improved the targeted GIS. They reversed a Harper government plan to raise the age of the almost universal OAS pension to 67 from 65. The payment is worth about $7,800 a year. Okay, now, that's not very much money, just so everybody knows. What is that? What's 7800 bucks a year? That's like a few hundred bucks a month? Yeah, yeah, that is not enough to cover rent anywhere so in a world where like everything every time you leave your house it's like 46 bucks just to walk out the door basically you're just like i don't even know how i spend 170 dollars today but i just kept paying people money every time i went somewhere right Mm -hmm. 7800 bucks is like that's the thing is is that 7800 bucks can be like a world of difference to someone who is like really really burning the candle yeah. at both ends like that yeah that's a lot of money when you need it when you're a federal government not so much no it's nothing <sighs> and th- this is the thing so and it's given to virtually all canadian seniors a percentage of the money is clawed back <laughs> if your income is more than 79000 but seniors with incomes as high as 133000 a year still get some OAS. And you, you'll you notice that they don't tell you how much that is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't want to tell you so you don't uh, disagree with them at this being a serious problem, right? Like, Point I'm making here, though, is like basically they're saying... Somebody who makes like not a lot of money 
is going to get about $7,800 a year. Mm -hmm. If you have an income greater than that, 79 grand or whatever, you're, it's going to get clawed back. So they don't tell you how much it's clawed back, but it's probably clawed back quite a fucking bit. Mm -hmm. Like, like if, if, if somebody who has no money or not a lot of money coming in, low income is pulling in a few, uh, seven, 800 bucks and they start clawing it back at 79,000. You already know if they're omitting the number, it's being clawed back quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you can assume that like at least cut in half, and like at least. So then they're saying by the time someone as they're still making some OAS, even if they have $133,000. And again, I will come into this entire column with the, I'll converse about people that have too much money, not needing more money. Mm hmm but you know that if someone is getting OAS at $133,000, it's probably like barely even a, like worth cutting the check. Yes. And like this, this policy has like liberal means testing all over it. And they're not going to pay a right. penny more than what they feel like they absolutely have to. And also the thing that sort of gets obfuscated by this, this like obvious lie by omission in this <laughs> this sentence where they're like oh they still get some oas they kind of gloss over the fact that you know people are still working or trying to get an income at you know the ages of 65 66 and 67 so whether that's that's you know income coming from fairly substantial investments or if that's income coming from not being able to retire and working at that age people are working because they can't retire when they're that old they're not they're not working for the love of the game right 100 percent it's it's so so gutless to write this column and it's just so cowardly to not put a name on it yeah honestly tell us your name they don't work at at globe and mail i'm guessing or if they do they were like the one you know whatever one of them names you said that sucks yeah no i could see like their columnists are mostly sociopaths like not quite as like cartoonishly evil as the National Post, but like I could see Andrew Coyne writing this. It, though the prose would be better if it was if it was written by Andrew Coyne. So like clearly it wasn't him. But yeah, I mean I want to know like this. Whoever wrote this should be targeted for uh, harassment. Do you think Ken Bosenkool wrote this and then they like decided they like sent it in and then they were like, yeah, we'll put our yeah, name on it. So don't worry. Yeah. I, I could honestly see this just get written by some shitty senior fellow at the C.D. Howe Institute. Yeah. And then, like, they went, like, yeah, just run it. Fuck it. Let's we'll just write editorial board on it. Who cares? Um, it, yeah. It's just disgusting. It's, I hate it. It's a good week for fucking white guys just having opinions on things that have nothing to do with their life. But anyways, do you want me to keep going with the call? I'm ready for it. All right. The Harper government's plan to gradually up the OAS age to 67 was to have started next year. <laughs> the, the liberals scrapped that and last year raised OAS benefits by 10% for those 75 and older starting this summer. Could you imagine writing that sentence as a human being and thinking like, I'm on the opposite side of this opinion. <laughs> well, I think there's like there's also two very interesting things that that have happened here. They've been talking about Harper's uh, raising of the age to receive OAS, like it's a foregone conclusion and it's a thing that has been implemented. 
and it hasn't. It was to start next year, Eric. <laughs> Even though it got scrapped, like I don't know, years ago by by Trudeau. <laughs> but it, all of a sudden, it just it seems very immediate because of this poor this poor framing of reality in this column. The other thing is, I mean, the Liberals um, raising the OAS benefits not a bad thing. I think it's interesting timing, considering that they offered to do it last year before an election and then promised to implement it the year after the election to ensure their election well okay but like buy my fucking vote man (laughs) like i don't understand why everybody gets so upset about like oh they're trying to buy votes yeah buy my vote yeah but like do that for me me, though give me shit at election time (laughs) i love shit like (laughs) of course like oh they're just doing it to get reelected. we have elections every four years everything is about getting reelected. there's no time to get anything done so when they say like we're gonna raise benefits for 10 percent and that's a good thing yeah that's all that matters yeah. right i'm on board with that well i think what the globe is saying is that you have to choose between raising oas benefits for people 75 and older and uh lowering the eligibility which of course uh not being dumbasses we know uh isn't a choice that actually needs to be made mm-hmm. yeah exactly literally- like you could do you can have exactly what we're yeah absolutely okay. Oh, I hate this sentence, but in a world of finite taxpayer dollars, that should raise questions. Maybe it should not raise questions. It should just raise taxes, right? Like, like, oh, like, right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, it should. It replaces questions with taxes. Also, replace, well, or replace fucking OAS payments with fighter jets. <laughs> and you're like, then you're fucking right. <laughs> Wait, like we give every senior a fighter ship? <laughs> give every senior a Gundam. We should actually buy Gundams. We should buy one Gundam or like two for the price of the fire jets and it would be worth it. <laughs> anyway, so given that people are living and working longer, <laughs> I want to fucking, oh, I hate this column. Why are they working longer, editorial board? <clears throat> anyway. It's fun. I love working. <laughs> Given that people are living and working longer, is 65 still the right age for OAS? Should the income level at which the clawback starts be lower? <laughs> and should a senior couple with a combined income of 150000 get full OAS payments? Their checks are, after all, being paid by taxpayers, nearly all of whom are younger and have lower incomes. Okay. I like how you did Globe and Mail columnist voice. <laughs> it's like Alex's Max Fawcett. It's like, well, the oh. Yeah, very, very condescending. Yeah. Okay, so first of yeah. all, but people should not work longer. That's the problem with our mm-hmm. society. Yeah, hold on. Hold on. Let, income- if I may, let's go through each question and answer is absolutely so given that people are living and working longer jeremy is 65 the right age for oas yes well no no it should be lower (laughs) it should be lower it should be 60 should the income level at which the clawback starts be lower (laughs) the the clawback starts at seventy nine thousand. uh should that income be lower where the clawbacks no no it should be higher 
it should be higher. It shouldn't okay? happen. Yeah. Just don't claw it back. Should a senior couple with a combined income of a whopping hundred and fifty thousand dollars get full OAS payment? Now, see that is that's the exact same question as the last question. Like, and I obviously added the whopping because, yeah. like, uh that's not a lot of money. No, not for two people. Yeah, I mean, if you look at housing prices, one hundred and fifty k. Is yeah, between two people too. Like, so they're each making seventy five k. Like, like a hundred and fifty thousand combined income would be a decent income, like better than our household income, but a decent yeah. Income but in it's like two like uh, professional in like, medicine hat. It's like no, yeah. They, they they should get full. Everyone should get full OAS payments. Well, That's this is my point. Like, what if they live a, in Calgary? Yeah. What if they live in Calgary or or Toronto yeah. or Montreal or fucking London, Ontario, or, or... Vancouver? Like, seriously? Yeah, a, a senior couple with a combined income of one hundred fifty thousand dollars in Vancouver should get more than OAS payments. Correct. Correct. So this is this is what I don't like. Is this editorial? Because there's it, there's parts where it seems like it's aimed specifically at certain Albert or like at cert, like conservatives, right? Like Albertans and prairie folk, and like by definition, if you're writing about prairie people from Toronto, you think they're all they're all mm-hmm. rural. So you're kind of like it feels like they're like talking to people like is a hundred and fifty? Can you believe it? A hundred and fifty thousand between two people. These guys are like loaded, and someone in like Hannah, Alberta is like, Yeah, that's, that's a lot of money. Yeah, as Jason Kenny like, uh, likes to call it when it reports things he doesn't like, the Toronto Globe and Mail, um, right, is in fucking Toronto. Like a, a, a senior couple with combined income of $150,000 in Toronto should absolutely be getting the full OAS payment. That's like more. two elementary school teachers living together. Yeah. And it makes me wonder how much the fucker who wrote this makes. Jeremy, would you consider the last sentence a cell phone in a way? Like their checks are, after all, being paid by taxpayers, nearly all of whom are younger and have lower incomes. Like, isn't that like admitting that like yeah. rich people don't pay taxes and like everyone else is like it's on the backs of everyone and else? And also, why do young people have lower incomes? than than older people why like why do you think that is that this generation is making less money than the past generation but and like quite a bit less yeah yeah like i get that part of it is that seniors you know are are, have worked longer therefore they presumably are making more money at their job but you know i suspect if you looked at what young people are making now and what young people were making when seniors were seniors correct compare that to inflation uh, they're making. I'm telling you, I've been looking into that for the last couple of weeks. It's not good for. Yeah, it's not good for any this argument thing. against what you're talking about. You're very correct, Jeremy. I really do like the explanation, the condescending explanation from the Globe and Mail that uh, checks from the government are actually paid with taxes, which everybody understands that taxes are paid by taxpayers, um, which I think is supposed to be like the word that sends the people reading this into a frenzy realizing that they have to pay taxes and taxes are bad. Well, that's why the word tax, this is what that word is for, right? That's what it's a targeted word. I can't stand that word. I was fucking loving you, Jeremy. I was reading your orchard today that you didn't have me edit. And 
you called it public funding and that's exactly what it is it's not fucking tax yeah stop using that fucking word it's neoliberal bullshit it's absolutely meant it's exactly what you meant you're saying eric it's meant to have the person be like that's my money yeah and i see exactly. it all the time from i see it all the time from people that like are even like people we really get along with and respect and are fans of our show and stuff like that and i'm not gonna say any names but um like some i was reading a tweet today where someone was saying like you know, this could, this money could, is this much per person and this war room was this much per person and this, or uh, each of us is paying this and each of us is costing. No, that even, even when you're making the right point to talk it about in terms of like every taxpayer dollar came out of your pocket somehow is it, it stifles conversations away from actually properly funding things because we don't actually when they added the 10 percent to the oas your taxes didn't go up shut the fuck mm-hmm. up <laughs> like it, nothing changed well, well the person who's happened. writing this their taxes probably right perhaps, like, what we're doing is not taxing the right mm-hmm. people enough when we used to tax people like the the NDP's big wealth taxes, well, we're gonna tax the wealthy like an extra one and a half. No, we're gonna make sure they pay their fair share. <sighs> like, okay, well, if you say so, Jugme. Of course, Jugme is better than any like provincial NDP leader. Yeah. So low bars. Yeah. But like we all know that the most prosperous time for Western society was when like wealth income taxes on the wealth were up to like 90 percent right so i mean this is these are things that have been whittled away for for decades and it's just another attempt to whittle it away more and to say that like sorry seniors you got to sacrifice because we don't have enough for everybody right now and it's like we already know that there's all the money that we need to do all of the things that are necessary is right there we just have to Get it and do it. Yeah, it's sitting in a castle. Yeah, it's sitting in fucking Costa Rica. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, right. Um, That's right. You're you're hundred percent right though. Yeah. Right? Like this is the taxpayer phrase, the taxpayer framing of this whole thing is using like the conservative framing for this conversation. It's like we don't have to meet them there to have this conversation. It's public funding. Well, and that sentence that we just went through, that actually really, like, the more I read it, their checks are, after all, being paid by taxers, taxpayers, nearly all of whom are younger and have lower incomes. Like, I really think that's, like, almost the uh, Globe and Mail's own OK Boomer thing, where they're just like, hey, man, we know the fucking boomers have been... Like it's you guys that have to pay for these fucking boomers, and then like the per the young people reading this column are going to be like, yeah, fuck those people. That's on. I'm not paying for those people, and so it gets that mindset going of like, yeah, this costs me personally. I'm out money personally. It's bananas, but that's how people think. They really do. They're like, that costs me this. Yeah. Did it? Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> exactly, exactly, and it just it sows a level of class division. It's pitting young people against old people, and it's like we're all we're all having a shit time right now, folks. Well, you're not gonna, and like it's always like some other groups gouging the system too much, and if we just get it from them, then you're fine. And 
it's like you said it's always everybody's always like it's them it's them and it's them all right <laughs> yeah yeah we should uh we should be looking at the people who uh wrote this column whoever they are please step forward yeah i mean that's going to be a lot of answers to our <laughs> questions here so the good news well there's Finally. a silver good lining news to everyone <laughs> yeah <laughs> the good news is that rising old age security and guaranteed guaranteed income supplement payments aren't going to destroy the country's oh, finances. Thank goodness. The end. But wait, so but, shut the fuck up. Call him over. <laughs> like, how is this not the lead? Literally everything I've set up until this point was useless and I've buried the lead. None of these, none of these extra expenses are gonna matter <laughs> at all. Good news, everybody. You know the, the last eight paragraphs where I tried to make you scared about uh, <laughs> right? the financial collapse Imagine. of this country because of old people. Right? No. Yeah, I love it. Oh, shit. I, that's my favorite line. The good news is, you know, it's not a big <laughs> I deal. I tricked you. <laughs> the good news. We, we can't... <laughs> We can't give old people money at 65 years old, but if we did, (laughs) not a big deal. I fucking hate this so much. (laughs) (laughs) That's so fucking good. Uh, That's my favorite sentence. (laughs) Uh, The good news is that rising OAS and GIS payments aren't going to destroy the country's finances. The actuarial outlook sees the cost at a peak of 3.27% of gross domestic production in a decade or so compared with 2.8% now. Okay. <laughs> that half percentage point of the economy is $13 billion a year, about 60% more than Ottawa plans for its share. See, here we go back to like, guess what it costs the same as? About 60% more than Ottawa plans for a share of tra- national ooh, ooh, now so, do the military. Yeah, how many planes is that? Now, what we've learned here, now what we've learned here is that GIS and OAS, not a big deal. And apparently, neither is affordable childcare. Not a big deal. This is comparable to childcare, you guys said right here in this call. You just really need to pay for those fighter jets, right? So we got cut. Call. And the good news is, is it's not a big deal. Hey, Jeremy, I got good news about the fucking budget on the fighter jets. Not a big deal. It isn't. It isn't. You know, it's going to make for some great viral videos when we like have to kamikaze them into things because that's yeah. about all they're good for. It's raining. Fly it into that building. This country cannot stop winning. I love that. So basically they're saying, don't worry. The entire half percentage point is no big deal because it's only $13 billion. And like, did you know we could get childcare for our second largest province, which is $13 billion? That's amazing, you guys. Kind of begs the question why we have to cut, you know, benefits to seniors. I'm actually turning around on this column. It's making a lot of <laughs> great points all of a sudden. <laughs> it's very pro-taxation. It's 100% progressive, if you think about it. It's like, guys, paying for old age security is pretty cheap. We can get childcare for that. It just, it's weird to torpedo your own argument. It's three sentences, and it's like whoever's reading that is like you could just left that part out 
your argument was fine. <laughs> Fuck old people. They're expensive. Ah, here we go. This is why we can't oh, fuck over right, old right, people right. entirely. Seniors vote, and their numbers are growing, which is why no political party wants to be accused of cutting grandma's benefits. In 1985, when Brian Mulroney tried to partially de-index OAS from inflation, he was confronted by 63-year-old uh, Solange Denis, who famously told the prime minister, you lied to us. I was made to vote for you. And then it's goodbye, Charlie Brown, Mr. Mulroney. Wow, what a gutless man. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Damn, Mulroney, like, that guy couldn't be bought for anything. Yeah, well. I can't uh, believe he didn't fuck old people over, like, 30 years ago so we didn't have to talk (laughs) about it today. Exactly. that. I mean, that is, like, how far right, at least the economic discussion has shifted since then. And I mean, since the pandemic, it shifted like slightly less to the left. Like, you know, Doug Ford is talking about running deficits for the foreseeable future. But also, like, does Brian Mulroney like deserve a medal for caving when someone referenced Charlie Brown? Like, like I, I know Brian Mulroney is like the dream prime minister of like of the Globe Mail editorial board, but like... Remember that time I made you bite the curb and then I decided at the last second not to stomp your fucking face into it? Yeah. I'm a good yeah, guy. I remember that moment. I'm a, I'm a good dude, yeah. man. I didn't even do it, pussy. Relax. I was very relieved. Relax! I was, I, I was very relieved when you did so, I mean... It was and it was and it was pretty necessary that thirty years ago that I, I curb stomped you, but I yeah. I didn't. Yeah. So wow. I'm a good guy. I caved. Also, the next part here is also another one where they they, they make a really good point here about how like um, people don't like when you fuck people over. So you know, another thing standing in the way of this important decision is people don't <laughs> want it. But anyway. Uh, Consider France President Emmanuel Macron has long wanted to raise the normal pension age to 65 from 62. But the move is, wait, he wants to raise the normal? Oh, yeah. It it is 62 now. He wants to raise it to 65. But the move is opposed by almost three quarters of the country. So, like, the way a democracy works is that if 75% of a country doesn't want something... Don't do it if you would like to keep your job. And like Macron's like a, a stupid, useless neolib that would love to take benefits away from older people, right? He would love to do that. But he's not going to because it'll cost him his job. Well, this is the thing is that like that that's the difference we have in politicians, right? Like who was the person that he just beat that would have yeah, been Le ten Pen, times yeah. worse, right? Like this is what we deal with. But actually on issues of like social security and like pensions and stuff, actually Le Pen was to his left, right? It's this new right-wing nativist disposition that takes all the flaws of like the liberal class 
is just like we'll fix them but also your problem is immigrants right muslims reminds me of a certain guy uh running for the leadership of the conservative party i can't remember his name probably marginal figure i think his name is pp uh where are we here um so yeah so people in france i'm sure our your listeners would know that anytime 75 percent in a democracy they call that a like major landslide like that is like is overwhelming a majority as democracies ever produce except for by the way like abortion where like 80 percent plus are pro-choice but we're still kicking uh people who get pregnant right in the um uterus apparently anyway um side note there in the u.s full social security benefits for people born after 1959 begin at age 67 (sighs) But only because of the slow motion change made in the uh, Reagan era. Um, Any other tinkering is a third rail of U.S. politics. So thank God Reagan got this done, unlike that pussy Mulroney that caved to Charlie Brown, right? Like Reagan had the sack to do it, so he did it. Uh, So thank you, thank you, because imagine, if I could, could you imagine if people in the United States got uh, the piece of shit social security that they get um if they were to get that before 67 well think of how many fighter jet that would have cost at least one one fighter jet it's at least one fighter jet they'd be without that's fair um and then of course this little just last sentence so you can finish off there that refusing to raise the old the age of oas eligibility and then offering bonus payments to those 75 and older was great politics but is it good for canada and then it's fake and suck shit what do you mean is it good for canada I, who gives a fuck well but like if you read the whole column like it's not bonus payments to people 75 like these are not like you just made you just detailed how this stuff works. And then at the end, you're like, man, we, see, we're just fucking giving them bonus payments. I feel no. like they wrote this final graph first and then they like, they reverse engineered it because like this, this sounds like a hypothetical question that they started with that they didn't really get around to really asking about. Cause like they painted a really good argument for the other side in this column. Right. It's very silly. This stuff always does that, though, because, like, unless you fall for the terms, like the taxpayer this or the, uh, you know, whatever, like the the little guidances that they try to use to get you to believe what they're saying, it's full of holes. Like, who's reading that and is just like, yeah, fuck grandma. Always cutting me a check on my birthday. That chick's got way too much money. <laughs> flaunting it at this point, yeah. Yeah, it's flaunting it. Grandma, did you know I read a Globe and Mail article that says, like, basically, I'm paying your checks to pay me, so this is kind this of... This is my money bullshit. anyways. Like, I pay your salary that then pays me. <laughs> like, uh, pretty silly. Don't you think, Grandma? How about you bake <sighs> me some cookies? I fucking that was that was a really tough read. The glowing mail, everyone. Can this newspaper record? Ugh. There's nobody's getting a Christmas card from grandma or grandpa this year at that's uh at that fucking editorial board. 
they're all grandparents though that's the thing yeah that's that's what's like darkly funny about it is that these i mean because it's a class thing right it's class war at the end of the day they're using the fact that um people at a certain income threshold receive oas payments to justify cutting oas payments for like everyone above a certain age yeah yeah uh, it, you're right though all of the elderly people on this editorial board are incredibly well off or come from like generational wealth that's i mean that's the thing like there is a conversation to be had about like a lot of money that exists at in estate taxes and things like this where we can recoup some of this like hand-me-down wealth that exists out there where there are people that are in their senior hood that have like a shit ton of money and i can understand how people might think seniors like they it was easier to buy a home like look, you own your own you own your home like fuck you're doing great what do you need help from us for or whatever but like they're actually in the same like those people that they're targeting forcing you to sort of think about are are facing the same problems with money that we face they're saying they're and in fact money that they may have saved because of things like inflation is worth a lot less than when they saved it whatever you're saving for retirement it's losing value as you're saving it fucking i love the system that we live in it's so good. Right? So like a giant portion of old people that are saving this retirement, they, they're they facing the same struggles that we face. And that's what they want that to do with these blanket, like everyone at 65 or everyone at 67. If you want to have a conversation where there's some type of, and I, I, I don't want to do like means tests. I'm just seeing like where we don't need to, but like, again, if somebody that has like a house or a lot of money that they can give a few hundred thousand dollars in the bank, do we like, what the fuck's it matter if they get 70 bucks a month in the tapered system or whatever? Like, why are we, why do we care about that? Well, because they've convinced you that that $70 came out of your bank account, which it never does anyway. So supplementing people with real dollars today that mean nothing to the state. Mm-hmm. Well, of course that's what we should be doing. Everyone that's that age should be getting money. I'm getting closer to that age. So like, I'm starting to get scared by this, like starting to take oh, no. the it away from me. No. Bring it back. Let's give old 44. I think we should do OAS at 44. What do you guys think? I think we should drop it to 30 to be honest. I think that would be great. I'll vote for that. Let's tax rich people more. I feel like that solves the problem. That's it. And you know what? I don't care if they don't earn an income. Tax their assets. Done. I did it, guys. I solved it. Yeah, take their shit. Yeah, take all their stuff. Seize it. Yeah. Just take their you shit. You 14 houses? You got 13 Stop houses Stop being now. pushed around. 12, maybe. I fucking hate that column. I hate it because it, it just, like, it, it's like a little window into this absolutely vampiric way of thinking about the world. So... This part of the show, we usually like to talk about good stuff that we've read or seen or watched or done the past week. Plugs and wrecks, we call it. Jeremy, did you uh, did you see or write or do anything good this past week? 
Oh, well, actually, I saw a uh, movie written or co-written by friend of the show, Abdul Malik, called uh, Peace by Chocolate, based on a true story of a Syrian refugee uh, family that settled in the Maritimes. It was great. Highly recommended. The script was very heartwarming. And it's it's a good movie. It's it's the feel-good movie of the summer. Is That's my opinion definitely check it out um also i read uh the new york times have you heard of them a little paper called the times um had a three-part series on tucker carlson and i read all of it over the weekend if you have a couple hours to spare it's it, it, i mean i found it quite interesting but i'm a guy who's like obsessed with the media so of course i do part two in it if i if i did choose one part that you should consume it would be part two where it talks about how tucker is sort of bigger almost gotten bigger than fox news and so even if they wanted to rein him in which they don't and how he's able to subvert advertiser boycotts also by the time you're listening to this i will have written uh two pieces on the conservative leadership race Uh, One in Jacobin, where I'm sort of uh, explaining the vagaries of Canadian politics and then conservative politics to a left-wing American audience. And I'll also have a piece out from The Maple, where I'll be uh, diving more in in depth about the, uh, the six candidates running for the leadership race and sort of what their vision is for the party, what they, uh, you know, think about abortion, for example, and um, their solution to the housing crisis. Hell yeah. Scott, what about you? Well, the world's awful. And so even like good things I'm reading are about awful things, but um, there's a decent piece on, uh, Jared Sexton's Substack. Um, oh shit! Um, called the world bit. What's you that? read Substacks that aren't mine. <laughs> you don't have to answer that. You don't have to answer that. No, no, <laughs> no, never. Anyways, the world they wish to build. It's about the Roe versus the Roe v. Wade decision that's upcoming and uh, how it's been decades in the, the making, the work that's going on, and the and the fact that this is like about a world, the different a kind of world that they want to build and create. Yeah. It's not very fun, but it's uh, he's awesome. So um, if you like reading people that get how fucked up it all is, but can kind of explain it pretty good. Sexton's pretty awesome. I've got a couple things that I want to plug one. I saw the new Batman movie. And so I finished watching it and it made me want to watch the dark Knight. So I watched the dark Knight, and that movie is very good. I like The Dark Knight a lot. I got to wrap this one up because it is coming up at 2 a.m. here in uh, sunny old Toronto. So we'll be back next week with a bonus episode. And Marino will probably join us if he says sorry for causing a toxic workplace environment. Um, If not, um, we're going to give him $100,000. Yeah, we'll give him $100,000 and Stephen Carter will be on the next episode. Scott. Thank you so much for joining us again. You're always welcome on the Big Shiny Takes podcast. You're welcome. Yes. I just want to say, if you like hearing me and Scott banter and talk about politics, you should listen to the Forgotten Corner podcast, which is also on the Harbinger Media Network. We do a lot of interviews and we also uh, talk shit some weeks. So check it out. 
um if lots of great guests yeah if you like our chemistry it's a very good show yeah and if you don't there's lots of episodes where we barely (laughs) fucking (laughs) we just ask the guest questions and let them talk so if you like hearing great expert guests you can still listen to our show and you don't have to hear us talk at all anyways thanks for having me you guys it's awesome bye okay bye-bye it's being shiny takes the only anti-free speech podcast being shiny takes reading garbage for your brain it's being shiny takes with jeremy eric and marino being shiny takes are sure to entertain are sure to entertain